the football pod on OTB Sports. I, I think they'll have too much. I didn't hear a word you said in the last 45 seconds. What? Breaking news here on the football pod. The football pod is available every Tuesday exclusively on the OTB Sports app. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. This Tuesday morning on OTBAM, delighted to say Alan Quinlan is with us. Alan, good morning to you. Morning, Joe. How are you? Yeah, good. Um, Owen put the two-legged rugby in the green. I suspect if you're Ulster, you'd be like, mm, maybe we could just go back to the one legs and take the result from uh, winning away in France. And it, it, like it was on the verge of being an iconic victory for Ulster and an opportunity to play Munster in the Aviva, which they would absolutely have relished. So, you know, you can just feel the rest of their season slipping through their fingers in those final few moments as world-class talent does what world-class talent does. Yeah, I think that's the key. What you're saying is it's uh, DuPont into Mac again. Um, they just punished Ulster, didn't they? Um, it was heartbreaking stuff. You know, they were a couple of minutes away from being in the quarterfinal. And, you know, probably... and. I'm not sure if that game was going to be in the Aviva, was it? Maybe you're right. Um, oh, or was it going to be in the Kingspan? Kingspan? No, I think the quarterfinal was going to be in the Kingspan. Right. So um, they certainly would have fancied their chances with, um, at home to Munster if they got to the quarterfinal. And then you're in a semifinal and they'd have been in the Aviva because of, of the ranking in the pool stages. So they, they were so close to to being, you know, going right to a final here. Um it was heartbreaking stuff, and I think the the try, the late try to Toulouse got the week before when I was watching that match, I just kind of cringed a little bit when that happened, and said, you know, that that could be the key, that could be the difference, and um, I just think the intercept um, try, the break from Intermac as well uh, for Ramos's try, and then Dupont at the end. There's three tries there that I know. I listened to Dan McFarland speaking about it afterwards, you know, players getting caught on inside, inside shoulders and and obviously the inter- intercept was great anticipation from him and that's there, what Toulouse is, do, is, isn't it? Is there anything McCluskey is supposed to do better on that point? Like, uh, is he is he late to it? Is the pass bad? Is there, Or is that just how, if you're going <laughs> to, if you're going to play an attacking, aggressive style of rugby, occasionally you play with fire and on the balance this is going to happen once every hundred times it just unfortunately happened against one of the best players in the world that's that's for the inter- intercept you're talking about yeah. Um, yeah I look I think it's a little bit of a wrap around the winning the line out and um, it's just good anticipation I think for him he takes a chance and we, sometimes we see players do that they leave a little gap in their defensive line um, I think it was way too flat it was right right on the game line they overran it a little bit um, so I don't think it was McCluskey's fault. I just okay. think um, they took it right to the line and that's the risk you run. Um, it's it's brilliant for him. Um, you know, and that's a significant score. They were on uh, under the, the pump there at that stage and and that's what they do. And, and you know, when France play, Ger, we talk about Intermac DuPont all the time. Um, they're such confidence-based players. They're world-class with their their execution and, and their confidence and belief. And, and if you can't stop them, the chances are they're going to have a, a significant say in the outcome of the game and they continuously do. So that's uh, obviously to, to lose power as well. And I thought Ulster did so many things so well over over the two legs. Um, 
I look, I think the whole round 16 was was brilliant. The excitement of, of all the games um, was fantastic. And, you know, the EPCR had issues and there was obviously issues in the pool stages. Um, but I think the competition has been ignited by the round 16 matches now. But that'll be no good to Dan McFarland and Ulster. And I think um, agonisingly close, I, I really thought they'd get through on, on Saturday night in the Kingspan. But they just made too many mistakes. And, you know, they're the, the kind of crucial things that that go against you in these tight games when you're playing against a, 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 a team that really, from the pool stages, were only barely got into the round 16. And now you're fancying their chances. They're, they're getting it right. And they'll be a very, very difficult team to stop um, from going all the way in this competition. Having scraped through a couple of rounds in a row now, Alan, have there been any two lose weaknesses that have been exposed? I think the... the, the I think when you hold on to the ball against Toulouse, and that, that like it's not very, it's it's pretty obvious when you're playing against a strong side that's um, and a powerful side like Toulouse that they're gonna and and the vast a lot an awful lot of the French players they're gonna they they're gonna back their physicality on and they're gonna try and out muscle you and if you can stand up to that and get your set piece right and and hold on to the ball, which Ulster did brilliantly and. I said it before round one, and again, it's, I'm no rocket scientist to be saying this, but you have to attack, um, and Ulster did that. They attacked Toulouse in Toulouse. I know the sending off was significant, um, but if you're a side that's pretty dominant all the time, you would imagine that if you're used to having the ball and, and, and a lot of possession, that if, if, you, if the opposition can turn the tide and that and recycle the ball and hold on to it really well and attack you, well, it's something you're not used to doing. So I think, um, obviously, you've got to match them physically, but you've got to hold on to the ball for long periods and then hope that um, they, they get a, you find a soft shoulder somewhere and get through them. Um, but I think they're, the, the difference, and we always say it on about the French teams, is mentally um, that they can drop their heads a little bit. The, the Toulouse players are, are different. You know, they're international players and they love this competition and they have a history in the competition. So they just look like they never really dropped their heads in the two legs. And and that's been the key. So is there any weakness? Well, if you hold the ball for a long period of time, I think you can find find opportunities. Uh, we're not going to talk too much about Connacht Leinster. Is it, it, um, it seems like it was a, a lifetime ago. Uh, what, what can Connacht do to make sure that this season isn't a write-off. Um, what What is there that Irish rugby can learn from how Connacht performed over the two legs? Um, yeah, it was, it's it's really, it's a tough one from, you know, we spoke about on Friday that, or on Thursday that they're just underpowered a little bit, aren't they? Um, there's some, and Andy Friend was talking about um, the players not the Leinster players being more professional doesn't believe that they're better players but they're better professionals I don't know about that I think the Leinster players are better players they're better players than any other provinces in Ireland um, and that's that's blatantly obvious with their with their international representation I just think Leinster got a, or Connacht have got to um, in an ideal world you'd love to just bulk up your pack a little bit particularly in the front five I think they have a lot of good players the way they play. Um, what can they learn from it? Well, Leinster are capable of doing that to most teams. And we saw what they did to Munster a couple of weeks ago down at Thoman Park. So 
Connacht are not the only ones who've come come under the wrath of of, of Leinster. So um, I think the problem for for Connacht this season has been just really inconsistent in in uh, in in the URC. You know they've lost eight games. That's too many games to to be losing if you want to be getting into the playoffs. Um, there's one or two ahead of them could lose a game or two in the next two weeks and could be up at that number as well. And they could there's there you know Munster in danger of missing out on on you know seventh or eighth spot the way things are going. Um, given the fixtures, it's going to be very very difficult for them. They've got to try and win an Ulster, but for Connacht. Um, I think if the season peters out and they don't make Europe and the, and the top eight in the URC, I think it'll obviously be very, very disappointing. What can they do? I know he's one or two more signings to come in, Andy Friend, um, but it's probably becoming more resilient, um, not making mistakes and not giving the ball away. I think they were very, very sloppy, particularly in the game last Friday. They turned the ball over way too much. I know it doesn't matter, but the missed kick early on seemed to just take whatever. Yeah. It's so brittle, the confidence that everything needs to go right for you. And all week you're saying everything needs to go right. So everybody, and it's just like from that point forward, it, I, I'm not saying that it had an impact at all on the outcome, but uh, maybe they would have sustained their pressure for more. Because they started with they started with all the piss and vinegar you would expect. You know, it was blood and thunder. And then the, the missed kick is like, oh, and the head drops. It, was, it was, it was, it was significant, and I think um, they got really soppy then, and they their body language changed a little bit. And I think, look, it's very, very difficult uh, against against Leinster at home. And once they got their confidence up and got their flow going, and um, the Gibson Park try, the length of the field try, it's 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 just like if you're in the in in that kind of team, you're thinking we've been battering away here doing a lot of good stuff and suddenly this is what they can do that was game so over it does, yeah it does affect your yeah. confidence so um, you can't just create a Jer and say well we're going to be mentally strong next year I just think it's the way you train the way you prepare and maybe that's what Andy Friend was indicating that they need to be better better professions in their, their diligence about everything they do in the game on and off the field their accuracy around the breakdown um, if he wants to play a really expansive, exciting game, which that's what Andy Friend wants to do, that they've got to be really diligent in doing that. Yeah. Um, I think they came up with too many mistakes and turned the ball over too much in the game on Friday and then Leinster punished him. Well, I hope he can turn it around because he's he seems like a really good person and it seems like the rugby ideals that he's trying to get across and his team are, are trying to to play are the right ones and you see you know the quality of signing that they made with Mac Hansen but also how quickly Hansen could step from his environment into the Ireland environment and, and not miss a beat and like I don't know just maybe it needs more investment from yeah they've a lot of good but they've a lot of good players who will get better and they learn from this experience and that's that's um that's you know they need a little bit of time um to to to, to grow and 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 probably learn how to win these games and be more consistent, as as I said in the league. You know, there's a couple of those league games that do you remember? I look back on, be really disappointed with. Do you remember there was a period of time when Andy Farrell worked with Munster when they were in between coaches? Uh, Farrell was the assistant coach at that stage, and he went. I don't know how long a period that was. In my in my head, it's like eight or nine weeks, or maybe a bit longer. Is that about right? Does that ring a bell? Um, I don't know how long it was, but I remember, yeah, it was between um, Rusty Erasmus and Johan van Brann, I think. And um, uh, 
you think that maybe they would benefit from from some of the Irish coaches? Well, I'm thinking um, like being world class, the stuff that doesn't take talent. If you were to inject Paul O'Connell for a couple of months in there as like a, an add-on, while just, I don't know. I'm just trying to think of something that will help the team. And I'm not saying that the current coaching ticket isn't doing the right stuff. But if the head coach is saying that we actually need an injection of, and it sounds culture more than talent is what he believes. And you're saying talent, obviously, is is right. Well, there. it's probably a bit of both. You know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not saying it's completely. I think when you're in the Irish squad, that's the ultimate place to be. And when you have so many good leaders who've won things and... They do things at, at such such a professional way of, of how they look after themselves. Um, students of the game, how they watch the videos, the, the quality of coaches and the stuff you learn there. And I think it makes a difference to your, to your, to your pr- provincial side when you have, and they had a number of players there up with, up with Ireland training with them. So you, know, you always think, God, if you can bring back any sort of detail or, you know, the, the, particularly on the Joe Schmidt era, there was always stuff uh, being spoken about. I would hear, always hear stuff of the quality of coaching, the quality of detail that Joe was giving the players, the tiny little things that you don't maybe think about yeah. that he's kind of unraveling that you can bring back and you try and teach other players, younger players, this is how you do it. This is how you, um, you know, what you do around the field at certain areas, how you've got to get back up off the ground, get back in shape and attack, um, certain things like that. Um, and, 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 and probably that is, is something that, you know, the, the international players maybe need to drive a little bit more in Connacht. Yeah. I, I, is it ridiculous to think that maybe O'Connell could get involved at some level? I, I'm sure there's already... Well, I'd, li- I'd, like, I'd like to see him go back to Munster. I think the way they... And, and go to all the provinces because I think if um, no, certainly look at the Irish breakdown. I think you know he would have been um, a big believer in Joe Schmidt stuff and probably would have learned a lot there from him. And you learn from different coaches their approach approach to the game and their views and and the way they see the game going. So I think look having someone like Paul, yeah, obviously spend some time with him would would certainly help help young players and show them that this is the standard, this is the detail that's needed. Okay. Is there a possibility that he might be on the Munster coaching tickets? No, no. I'm saying right. I'd like to see him go back. I thought you were breaking news uh, there. No, no, no. I'd like to see him go back and do some breakdown work there as well. And, uh, you know, I think that's been one of the keys to Ireland's um, improvements is, is def- definitely the speed of ball and mm. And the, the the way they protect the ball. Obviously, the French game there was a few issues around the breakdown. But um, you know what? What I hear, and you just look at Josh van der Fleer, and he openly spoken about um, the way Paul has helped his game improve. And every yeah. time I see him carry a ball now, I think of O'Connell. Uh, it's not solely down to that because obviously Josh van der Fleer is very very powerful and quick. But he started to back himself in the last. The last year with carries and he's so strong and effective now and just keeps his legs alive so you know and obviously if Paul is coaching the national side or on the breakdown or even Simon Eastby defensively or John Fogarty Mike Cat, Andy Farrell any of the coaches that you know if they can go back in but I suppose the timing of all that stuff is 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 um, probably pre-season is the best time for, yeah. for those things to happen if they were to happen yeah okay look let's talk about the big story of the weekend we have this uh, series of pictures from Brendan Moran uh, at Sportsfile that I just want to put up I, I when Munster scored the try where Dialende goes in in the corner I was like how did that actually happen and you can't really tell 
from the TV pictures, but it's an absolutely beautiful no-look back-of-the-hand pass from Simon Zebo just as the touchline is about to swallow him up and you think the opportunity is gone and they've blown this somehow. But it's one of the best tries in Europe that we've seen for Munster in a long time. Absolutely delicious stuff. Finished off with that beautiful flourish as well where it's slightly unnecessary dive, but yeah, absolutely, this is going to look good. Smacking the ball down. Thank you very much. Uh, you must have been pretty happy with that. Yeah, I just think that that's, that's, that's what Simon Zebra can do, isn't it? Um, it's that little bit of brilliance or magic that can unlock a defence. Like a lot of players would have been tackled out into touch there in the ball. It would have been a line out to Exeter. Um, he has, and we're talking about kind of the anticipation or taking a chance where there's risk reward there in sport, in all, in all sport. Um, no matter what happens, Zebra is always going to take a chance. And he has the skill set to be able to do something like that. I, like we couldn't see, you know, you couldn't see it properly on TV because um, it. Everyone just expected him to be tackled into touch, and suddenly Diolande has the ball in his hands, and it's a try. And um, it just felt that um, they created that. They probably deserved that just the way they played in that game, and and there was a different feel to the whole game, and and it was absolutely sublime from Zebo, I think, and and that's what he can do, and that's his capabilities, and um, it was it was it was brilliant to see, and the crowd loved it, everybody loved it, and it was a great finish to the game, and gave them that little bit of comfort in the end that that probably they 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 created with with the intensity that they brought on Saturday. Is Jack O'Donnell who's best position eight, perhaps all this time? We've um, yeah, possibly. Um, I think he was probably that's where he was. He was uh, he traditionally started out as an eight, but um, you've got to be play, able to play right across the back row now. But I think that, and that's probably one key area. The, the balance of that back row was brilliant on, on Saturday. Um, I think uh, John Hodnett, you know, over the the two games was has been outstanding as well. And to see Peter Romani, it's not just. Um, you know, traditionally, you think of the line-out steals and the, the couple of turnovers that break down those kind of big moments that that you highlight. But I just think he's his aggression and his tackle, a um, couple of tackles he put in, turnovers, just small things that that make a huge difference and stop the opposition getting over the game line. So it it was great to see. And if you're if you're back row, and I always say this, I keep saying it, um, if you have a dominant back row in a match, there's a chance you're going to be winning that match because. Their influence and you know what what happens when you don't have the ball and when you have the ball. So probably need to get more carries out of the background. I think Jack O'Donoghue, who I just thought some of the lines he ran, this, uh, the body position, a little bit of footwork and contact was 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 excellent. So um, there were a couple of little, wasn't a, there were a couple of knock-ons that I'd say if he had back and if if they hadn't been knocked on, they were going to go for huge gains. Where that line that you're talking about, the aggression and so like it feels like he's he's still improving. And if they can keep this team together now, they're going to cause trouble for Toulouse. I know the controversy over the Ed Sheeran concert is is raging. I kind of feel like that's just bad luck, you know, like they, they desperately it, it, need. It is, Chair, and the reality is, you know, that, that concert, and I know lots of people were on to me about this and what, why the hell are Munster prioritising the Ed Sheeran concert over a quarter final? They're not. This this was probably booked 14, 15 months ago. Yeah. Um, it was it was muted during COVID. They lost so much money, um, lots of pay cuts. And I'm not talking about the players, I'm talking about staff. There was people let go from Munster Rugby. They had no gates for probably a year, two years. Um, they have financial 
problems and issues. And plus, the quarterfinals are never on in May, are they? Can you, I can. They're never on in May. They're always on in April. So, of course, the, the season has changed this year. It's a bit longer with the summer tours in July. Um, but the, the Ed Sheeran thing was it wasn't just decided six months ago. It's been a year and a half in the making and, you know, they were five minutes away from being in Belfast anyway. So I think they just couldn't take the risk of not, not allowing it to happen. And, um, no, it's a shame. It's a shame because it's, obviously it's, Tom and Park is, would be significant to have it there. But yeah, yeah. I think when people realize the money and the financial part of it, well, you know, there's, there's nothing they can do now. Liam Tolan was on, uh, he was on off the ball on News Talk doing the game live and he was saying after the match that he knew people who turned down the opportunity to get free tickets to the game at the weekend it wasn't a sellout so it's like you know the the anger has to be mitigated by the fact that it wasn't sold out for a home leg where it was really important that they did create that cauldron of, a, of an atmosphere and now they're going to be playing one of the best teams in the world and it's a real opportunity for them it's not like the Aviva is an, is an unfriendly ground they've played They've all played there loads of games. It's the home of Irish rugby at the moment and it's a good opportunity for them to go and say, yeah, we are now one of... We're, we're back to being a team who expects to be in semi-finals and finals of the European Cup. And the performance that they put in would give them a lot of confidence going into a game against Toulouse, surely. Yeah, you've got to be so much more robust So when you play Toulouse. I think if you go back to the quarter-final last year, um, did so many good things in attack and were were brilliant in offloading the ball and being um, and just attacking to lose throughout the game, and then you just every kind of ten minutes they just give up a try from poor defence, someone breaking a line, some brilliance from Toulouse which you're going to expect, um, but I, I I think going to the Aviva as you say it's very 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 valid what you say about the. You know, lots of the players are used to it. Toulouse still have to come to Dublin. I think it does take away a little bit of um, the intimidation, probably, and the the crowd noise at home. But hopefully, lots of monster monster supporters will go to the match and go to the Viva, and that they get thirty, forty thousand there. And uh, and you know, it's still no matter where you play Toulouse at this stage, it's going to be a tough game. Um, Playing them away for out of France is obviously better. Playing them in Thomond Park is better again. But the Aviva is not; it wouldn't be a major issue for me. And I think you know they're going to get they're going to make some money out of the gate receipts there. And um, it's not all about making money. But the reality is, you know, you have Munster fans calling for more signings and more investments, and you know the money is not there. So these are financial decisions that were made 18 months ago when 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 things were pretty bleak for all sporting organizations so it is what it is it's on the aviva and it's not you know i think it'll be pretty exciting for for some of the players who haven't played there with munster or with ireland um and enough of them have so it's not it's not completely alien to has it saved munster season um, it just depends what happens. Um, it's still going to be very difficult to beat Toulouse, but I think what happened last Saturday just you just had the feel that yes, this this is this is we need more of this. Even if we don't win the games, we need more of this kind of organisation, um, resilience, not just the passion and heart that you saw over in Exeter, and that's probably what won them the game. Let's be honest, uh, won them the two legs. Was the defence over in Exeter and the, the never say die attitude? That that they're they're non-negotiables, Ger, for me with Monster. It just has to happen all the time. That that passion, that desire, that that 
brute force is there, that effort level. And then it's it's about upskilling the players more. And that's the whole idea of the change now and what we want to see. We want to see the players upskill, be able to play a little bit better, become more confident in themselves. Um, and that's that hopefully what, what can happen. And I think it, it, it ignited the... What Liam was saying about the fans, you know, there was a feeling last week that that's that's what we need and that's what we want. Even if we're not winning competitions, we just need to see that kind of fight and that a monster team having a goal. It wasn't perfect. There was probably issues again at the weekend around some of the attack, but it's just much more energetic and enthusiastic to see him playing like that. And uh, but the problem you have now with Toulouse is if Toulouse come on and and kind of do what Leinster did in Thoman Park a few weeks ago and expose them like that, well then it kind of has a real kind of ne- negative effect towards the end of the season. And for for Munster, in, as I said, in the URC, they go to Belfast on Friday night. Um, it's a must-win game. They have three games left and you know they're sitting fifth in the table now on, on 47 points and the Sharks, Edinburgh, the Bulls, they're all right behind them. Um and the way results could go this weekend, they could end up in seventh or eighth position after after this weekend. We've gone a bit over time, but I do want to talk about it's Craig Casey's twenty third birthday today. I was just googling it there, and it turns out happy birthday, Craig Casey. Uh, when he comes off the bench, there's like this kind of um, Tony Ward esque jinkiness, which you're like, wow, that's like, and you see the impact that Dupont had. Uh, whoever comes in next as well as the attack coach and obviously Graham Rowntree they have this incredible talent there and also it looks like fingers fingers crossed touch wood a period of fitness behind Joey Carby that we're beginning to see effortless kicking style off the tee in uh, howling winds and also just calmness of the distribution it looks like you know I would feel very very positive if I'm a Munster fan off the back of what I've seen and the fact that the new regime will be slightly different, but we'll have some continuity. Yeah, you, I wouldn't get carried away uh, in a sense that, um, you know, all is not perfect, but I think there's definitely, you know, you, you can use a game like this um, to change things and, and get a surge of energy, surge of confidence. And, and Carberry was very composed. I thought he was... Um, and we've seen glimpses of that this year, that, that talent. I love the fact that he, you know, saw the gap accelerated given he went through a you know a, a, a pro, um, step to prop Harry Williams and and, a, and one of the back rowers as well but the acceleration the confidence to do that like Intimac does there's no reason why Joey Carberry was an Int- Intimac a few years ago and, and that's the kind of footwork and acceleration and pace that he has um, so that was really important there's a lot of young players that you can you can start to change the way they play around and, and the attack is going to be vital um, not just in the back line just right across the board and and upskilling the players around their decision making their anticipation when someone makes a line break and there is the best teams do it watch the Intimac step and line break you know yeah. it's 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 simple stuff Jared that he breaks through a line but what do you have you have Intimac on his shoulder and Ramos yeah, those two players. If they're not if they're not anticipating his line break and his brilliance, there's no try at the end of the field. No, he and gets swallowed up, and it's like he gets yeah, isolated. And, and the commentary goes, and that's yeah. it. You yeah. know, so it's it's that that anticipation from support players. So, um, but look, there was a lot of positive signs at the weekend, and All it right. just has a different feel about it. No, totally, Alan. Good stuff. Thanks a million for joining us. Cheers.
Cheers, thanks lads. We'll preview all the weekend's games with Alan later on in the week as well. A reminder, OTBIM is brought to you live each morning by Gillette Labs for an effortless finish today. Munster are back, Owen. It's all coming up you. Yeah, yeah, and they will be back if it's a, an actual win in the Aviva Stadium. That's that's kind of the, the final piece in this, although it does feel that they're one hammering away always from a, from a crisis. Yeah, but it's only six points spread for that game. Uh, everybody's a little bit uncertain about what's going to happen, you know, who's going to be back, be back against Munster. Surely they're going to be able to fill the Aviva, price it properly, make it cheap to go, get get all the Lunsters back, get them on board. You know, all of a sudden you're like looking at a, it's Fortress Aviva with a, a good it's- atmosphere at the Aviva. Wouldn't that be amazing? DuPont and an Entomac for a reasonable price would be attractive enough for any Irish rugby fan, as well as obviously cheering on Munster. That, I think that's key, I think that's a key point, the, the pricing of it and making it affordable because yeah. I think yeah, that's obviously dissuading a lot of people from going to live sport at the moment. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. 